The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. All right, and our guest today, his name is Reed Skinner. He is the Executive Director and Mission Field Manager for For His Kingdom Ministries. They are located in Murrayville, Georgia. Excited to have Reed on with us today. Hey, Reed, how are you? I'm great. How are you? So good. Excited that you're you're joining us here, uh, Reed, to talk about what God is doing in For His Kingdom Ministries. And if you go to your website, people can look it up there at forhiskingdom.org. It says that you're an insider movement for believers and the advancement of the gospel. Take us behind the curtain and explain that a little bit further for us. Okay, and I'm going I'm to give a background in our context here. We work primarily with either remote indigenous tribes or uh, enclosed countries that are Muslim, Orthodox Muslim, generally the Middle East to the border South Latin America with Amazonian type tribes or, or those types. But the, the term insider movement is supposed to refer to those missions who go and align with native partners. We work with native partners in country. We don't come out as a foreign presence and build our own kingdom there. We go in and we align with native ministries. Those who are called, we typically are seeking for a man of peace in that place that we align with and, and the mission goes from there. And I might need to change the verbiage on our on our website just simply because the definition of insider movement is shifting on us. Sure. Sure. Language shifts. We've it all does seen that. that. <laughs> it does do yeah. that. And so so we are we are what is traditionally an insider movement, meaning that we're aligned with native uh, partners in country in our cultural context to advance the, the kingdom there through church planning, evangelism. We we're not a project-based mission, but we end up being holistic with the people with whom we're dealing. I mean, we may deal with emergency medical situations, or we may deal with food relief if there's a famine situation going on or whatever, but that's not how we enter, and it's not our point. Yeah. It's always to, to, to preach the gospel and, and plant uh, an indigenous native church in that location that will be a fully reproducing organism. I love it. I love it. So that's kind of like the the gist of the mission, the, the reason why you do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So give me more on that, that heart behind uh, why you have this drive in your heart to lead this ministry. You know, I, I think it's just that God's gifted us all differently and called us all differently. And everybody has valid callings. I'm not trying to invalidate anybody's calling. With us very specifically, it was the proclamation of the gospel with me very specifically. Just after I was um, uh, saved, I was I knew that there was um, we needed to to reach those who who didn't have the opportunity here. So we we very much immediately felt led and called to those who don't have an equal opportunity to the gospel. Yeah. There's not an indigenous movement of Christ within their cultural context. Take Honduras. I could land in Tegucigalpa and I can walk you know, a hundred meters in any direction, I'm going to find lost people, but, Oh yeah, but there's, but it's easy to get there. And there's, there's people doing that work. They're showing up and they're, they're making that proclamation. And that's just an example, but um, the remote locations are just more difficult to get to and sustain yourself in. And they're more expensive for that reason. And that's why um, we, we initially uh, we started in, in remote indigenous before we ever took on uh, Orthodox middle East yeah. close country. Right. Yeah. Now, as as uh, the leader of a ministry like this that is going to those remote locations where people don't know Jesus, they don't they may have never heard of of Jesus. 
uh, you know, you like to see progress. I mean, that's you want to see, oh, my goodness, you know, this last year we saw X amount of people come to Christ and this movement's happening here. What kind of progress and I mean, are you able to track things or what kind of progress are you seeing in some of these locations that may have never heard the gospel before? It, and, and it's a that's a varied answer um, because it's very because different cultures move things differently. In uh, one of the places that we that's been a focus of ours since about 2010 is the Tolpan tribe, which is in a place called La Montaña de la Flor, Honduras, which is is we started there right after Wycliffe had come in and done uh, the translation into their language. To. It, it, we have it was it's a slow work of course and we were trying to establish a, a, a body within the what we would call the capital city because in this tribe there is there's multiple villages spread across a large vast territory that that's all mountainous and you have to walk it all right so it's it's um and they're indigenous they just walk straight up and straight down so there's no gentle sloping switchback trails it's just they grow up there and they just go straight up and straight down and they're very fit yeah, well, and it, it it'll wear you out. You got to get accustomed to it. But yeah. there's there's always things at play. Once the missionaries show up, you're very much trying to uh, bring Jesus, see how Jesus is going to manifest Himself within that culture. And in, in other words, the cultural tendencies of that person. How does He exhibit Himself? You can't you can't transplant a transplant a U.S. church into that that context you can't even transplant a, a latin honduran church into that context yeah it, you'll ruin it you'll always have a foreign god to them if you do that right and so we we are um the it, it's a time-consuming process because you have to get to know the culture and the people long enough and be gentle enough to to see how he how jesus plays out within that personality um, there are always there's things in the balance and they're different in every cultural context. And you do have to travel delicately, but maintain doctrine. It's it is complicated. So there's no pat answer. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are some ways that, you know, you because because it can be hard to track progress in those situations. It's really hard yes. to say, wow, our work is actually making a difference. So how well, do you keep yourself on mission when sometimes it might be discouraging? I tell you, that's an interesting. The way that we that we we we've organized now to the point that we are we have, I have a team there. We have four villages that that we're in, and we're in each village. Keep in mind, everything's by foot. You're walking hours to get to different places. So Wednesday is one, Thursday is another, Friday, Saturday. Okay, Wednesday through Saturday, we're in. We move between each village. Sunday is church in the base village. And we have discipleship group for the church leadership that's being raised up or has been raised up Sunday evening with almost seminary level classes. I hate to say it that way, but we call it diplomado. And uh, and that's what it, it is. And then Monday is off. And then Tuesday is prayer and prep, sermon prep and all the stuff to, to get back in. And sure. so when what has to in today's context in that in that mission you're going to see indigenous leadership rise up, take the mantle, uh, be trained up, the, go the gospel reproduce within that people, and that eventually be turned over to that indigenous leadership uh, to pastor and, and grow to say, uh, you know, progress. We don't really, 
it's hard to measure things in the spiritual realm. Right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, but we do know when we've left a place intact with a growing, with a growing church within that village. Now, village may only be, it may only be twelve families, right? It, it's there, there. There's one village. It's only four families. But well, reaching the goal of what you're hoping for is, you know, you can be there for a set period of time, and you can leave and feel like that village is in a place where they can continue growing in their faith without that leader there. Right. Yeah. And so, and so yeah, there, there, there is now then an indigenous movement for Christ in that village mm. when we quote leave. Now we right. never. Yeah. Right? I mean, and we go back and visit, <laughs> you know, all the time. Kind of like just, Paul, when he would write a letter to a church he had started, yeah. he would always check yeah. in and come back and see how things are going. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Paul's advantage was all his people that he wrote to were literate. We don't yeah, have that. Right. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, in one of the tribes in Bolivia, just this past week, it's a new tribe, no movement of Christ at all. Uh, it's in the very it's Southern Bolivia. Uh, we, we'd gone in and we asked for a three to five year minimum time. And we're going to, we're going to step away. We'd been in there for six months display we found our, our man of peace in there it's a family who received the gospel when we went in they were like we want we, and they were just they're just on fire and uh, and there are indigenous host family there so we started working they set up things for us to come in and do do church services kid you know uh sunday school type stuff yeah. um just all that stuff anyway we start our team starts working we we put in the request in December for a minimum three to five year allowance for us to continue. And then we said, we're going to step away and we'll wait till you have an answer for us before we come back because we don't want to influence you. We want you guys to do this. And the tribal council came and we, we were very prayerful, obviously, but in January we waited and it, it was the beginning of February. And we were like a little bit nervous at that point. And the tribal council said, yeah, come on in. And we'll tell you how things went. Well, we our team went in and they had approved us not for three to five years, but permanently. Wow. As permanent. And they built us a, a wooden church. They start they'd cut trees and started building our church for us while we were gone. Wow. And that, right now, they this is only we're only now six months into that that church for me, really a year because of the initial time. But um they are, you know, we're having um a hundred percent tribal attendance every Friday night in the, in the prayer services, Man. the, in the church, they 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 are standing up They're They're confessing sins against each other and just crying. They're, they're receiving Christ. They're, they're being filled with the Holy spirit They're It's a, uh, it's going very, very quickly and very, um, you know, it's great right now. Now that yeah. won't stay that way. There'll be problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but you there's some ways where you'll see different right now we're 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 given the privilege of seeing that play itself out within that new tribe. Now so you're going to Middle East, you're going to Honduras, you're going to places that are remote, like you're talking about. Uh, but you're based in Miraville, Georgia. So yeah. in, in that area, the surrounding area, are there ways that people listening can be involved or I guess maybe for sure pray for you guys, but what are some ways that maybe they can, they can link arms with you? 
we, we're not a, a team built ministry. So we don't, we do have a, a one place where we've had a couple of, of teams be able to go and it's in a place called Nueva Suyapa, Honduras. And it's a, it's a place where there's an opportunity, but it's a single mother's ministry. It's my, my wife has headed it up for years. We do have a partner uh, that does church construction. They only do one church a year. They utilize for his kingdom to find and locate the proper project for them to do every year. So we build a church every year and that's called Nehemiah project ministries. And they, they, they uh, come and, and do that. So we do have a couple things where people come and are involved. We, we uh, financial support is always needed. It's an extremely uh, costly thing. Well, if you'd like to learn more, you can check them out at forhiskingdom.org. He's Reed Skinner, their executive director and mission field manager. And we appreciate you being here, Reed. I've enjoyed it. I appreciate your, you know, calling us out and, and uh, letting us be a part of the of the broadcast. Sure, sure. Well, you can listen to previous episodes of Community Spotlight online right now at thelightfm.org. Also, big thanks to our sponsor, Turner Business Appraisers in Matthews, North Carolina. We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight, covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.